I am the late David J. Hello. I am the very present Victor DiLorenzo. Good evening. And I am Darwin, and uh, we're the Night Crickets on uh, Sticky Jazz Podcast. The opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Jeremy Hinks and Sticky Jazz Podcast, and do not necessarily reflect those of anyone else on this planet. And greetings, everybody. Welcome to Sticky Jazz. I'm Jeremy Hinks, the man of a million musical opinions, all of which happen to be correct. This week, I have Andy McCluskey from Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, also known as OMD. And you have heard them, I'm sure. Uh, we had a great conversation about the new record that OMD is putting out in October on the 27th of October called Bauhaus Staircase. And uh, Andy and I, uh, well, we geeked out. This is one of the nerdiest conversations I've ever had with a musician, ever. It was great. So I'm going to kick this off with the one you all know and love from the Pretty Pink soundtrack called uh, If You Leave. So let's all sit back and do the nostalgic, only for this song, version of uh, Diggy Jazz. So uh, OMD, If You Leave. I 
everybody welcome to sticky jazz i'm jeremy hanks and this week uh i am honored to have the one and only andy mccleskey from omd the uh 80s mega synth new wave band who uh i've spent countless hours of my coming of age moments listening to the music and uh we are covering this week the new album baja staircase uh, that is out on the 27th of October. Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for speaking to me. It's good to speak to you, Jeremy. So uh, this is really, this is going back, first of all, thank you so much for all the uh, all the great music that I've enjoyed in my coming-of-age moments in life, uh, especially the, uh, the great ballads of, uh, I got to tell you, I got into you. I first heard you guys at Pretty in Pink. I was 11 years old. And I remember watching the video and those lyrics were just, oh, they were the end of the world, man. That was the great, you know, learning about love songs moment as it approaching <laughs> being a teenager. It was so powerful. And so that was that was where I fell in love with OMD at the very beginning there. Oh, it's like it. And, you were forewarned about teenage love pain then, were oh you? Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Well, okay, but like the video... I hadn't seen the movie yet, but I just remember watching it one Saturday afternoon uh, on a just just they had a, a video show there on the TV that we would watch. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that is so heavy. And uh, at the same time, I got to ask you, uh, how tall are you, by the way? Uh, well, I used to be six foot one, but I think I'm near a six foot now. Why? OK, so this is what's really funny. That same week was airing on the same episode of that music video show after the fire by roger daltrey okay uh -huh. and we had just seen after the fire and then you came on 
And my brother and I are both like, he looks like a rather tall Roger Daltrey. Yes, he does. Because because <laughs> Roger's only like 5'2", right? Roger's a little guy. Roger, but... Roger is definitely shorter than I am, as I, as I believe, yes. But um, that's funny. I could see what you were saying, yeah. But we, we both appreciate it, because the way that your hair was and how you look like, he looks like a mm-hmm. tall Roger. That was really, that was a kind of a serendipitous <laughs> moment. And I'm sure you appreciate being stood next to Roger Daltrey in any situation because you know we're all who fans (laughs) i have i have met him once so yeah yeah but uh to to be compared where it's like wow he looks like a tall roger that was it was just a cool moment there so um yeah let's see so here's how it goes right uh your publicist sent me the baja staircase just a single right and said hey brand new Mm -hmm. and I, i loved it and I was like, so far, this is the real winner. I love this one. He said, you want to hear the whole album? And I, well, well yes, I'm the greedy bastard. I'm going to want to hear the whole record. So they sent me the record. And I started sending him a play-by-play of it. Uh, okay, this song's like this. I love this. And then he said, you want to just talk to him? I'm like, oh, my God, if I could talk to Andy, that would be amazing. <laughs> so here we are. Um, I told him I was going to share it out to my co-editor at the magazine because who's also a crazy ass omd fan and he said well their latest stuff hasn't been very drum heavy and then he came back and said okay i rescinded that statement this is amazing and the two of us are in agreement that Bauhaus staircase is in fact your best work so far wow i i have to say that as somebody who's been in it since 85 okay um wow. i have so not not bad for a couple of guys who are in their mid-60s then they're still banging out some decent tunes huh well how is it that I, i'm just gonna say it then right how is it that after 40 years you're still able like, obviously you're you're doing this because you love it but at 40 mm-hmm. years you're putting out something this amazing i mean i'm not dissing your previous catalog okay <sighs> I'm just very happy to like, look, we all know OMD and toured with Depeche Mode and all of that. And, and you've just been at it forever with Secret and forever live and die and all those hits. But then to put something else out that is this good and this intellectual 40 years into the game, I, I find rather amazing. Um, so I, I'd like to just talk to you about that. It's days like today. All I love right. my job, but I get an album right, well, like this. Well, thank, well, all right. Well, thank you very much. It's very nice to speak to you, and you're being so effusive and positive and uh, complimentary. Bottom line is, this October, the, where the album will be released uh, two weeks after the 45th anniversary of the first concert that Paul and I played together as Orchestral Leaves in the Dark. So it's a long time. I didn't think we'd make another album, but due to COVID... There was nothing else to do. I rediscovered the creative power of total bloody boredom. Um, Paul lives in France. I live in Merseyside. I started digging through my computer for ideas, looking through my files, going, well, what did I want to write a song about? Because I'm not going out. I'm not even allowed to go anywhere. Just So I'm going to sit here in this room and write songs. And um, I, I don't know where they came from. I didn't think I'd be inspired. I didn't think I'd have the energy to kind of scrunch my soul and my heart up to squeeze out the good stuff. But we would not release an album if we didn't think it was the best we could do. We don't We don't need an album just so we've got a new logo on the tour T-shirt. Right. So we did the best we could possibly do. And we had a feeling that this was a good collection of material. 
Well, you didn't feel like, I guess, the the anxiety of we have a deadline or anything, right? I mean, it's COVID. We're screwed. No, what no. are we going to do, right? <laughs> no, well, the great, the great thing is nowadays is, you know, we are our own record company. We only release something as and when we think it's appropriate and right and finished. Uh, after 45 years, people say nice things about us. We're in a wonderful place. And the last thing we want to do is sour the legacy with a shit album after 45 years, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, actually, I'm, yes, I, I could say that where I, I've been to several shows where recently bands that they go, and this is off the new record. I'm like, you haven't put one out in 19 years. Now you're putting one out. And did you really say that? And it wasn't a good record. We all just wanted to go and mm -hmm. hear the hits, right? And uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that isn't the, the case here. You, you guys, you. well, but you had also been making music all this time. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I, I, okay, I'm gonna say this this is this kind of came across as the similar vibe of uh, a classic rock and roll record. When I started listening, I'd heard the single, it was great, but then when I got the whole record and then I just put it on my phone and was driving and listening to it in my car it came up, I was like, this has the same kind of kick to it as Grand Illusion by Styx. That just felt, okay, I'm walking into a concept and a, uh, uh, a, a kind of journey with all of these songs. Okay. And I don't know if you're a big Styx fan, but I, I do mean no. that as, <laughs> no, I was I, like, wow, this is, I've this never, is cool. I've never knowingly listened to a Styx track in my life. After oh, wow. <laughs> It's not my oh. not my thing. I, I I grew one of the reasons why why I started making music was because I was dissatisfied with most of the music I was hearing when I was a teenager. I didn't think I was going to make music that the rest of the world would hear. I was just mm -hmm. going to have my own hobby making my own music. Um, so the, the the things that I liked as a teenager were very very few. I was into Kraftwerk and Roxy okay. Music and David okay. Bowie and The Velvet Underground, and I thought everything else was shit. So it was it was pretty limited palette I was working with there, but um, but again, you know, thank you for the compliments. There's no there's no overriding uh, theme to this album or vision, other than hopefully just consistent songwriting quality, which you seem to be saying. Oh is no, there, that so was good. yeah. Um, so uh, let's see. You've got this philosophy woven into the architecture, right? I took, okay, Bauhaus staircase. I mean, I used to live in the Netherlands, so okay. I've seen plenty of Bauhaus architecture, but I went and started looking at Bauhaus staircases. And then I also saw the motif <laughs> for, for, for the record cover that was there. I was okay, I see that, but you're weaving the philosophy into the architecture as well, right? But I went and looked at the pictures of them and i was like okay what's he saying here we we will see the the future in the past i want to kiss on the baja staircase kick down the fascist art everyone gets a second chance um what was the philosophy with the modern dance right yeah i what was the philosophy of that idea of a bauhaus staircase gotcha. then gotcha okay the title comes from a, a painting by oscar slemmer who taught at the bauhaus yep for so, those who yep. don't know Bauhaus was a was an art school from 1919 to 1933 in Germany. It was applied arts. It was the kind of esoteric kind of art for art's sake. It was applied arts. Um, and, but in 1933, it was shut down by the Nazis. I'm using Bauhaus Staircase and the history of Bauhaus as a kind of 
expanded metaphor for the power of creativity, the strength it has to inspire and to feed our souls, especially in difficult times. Um, and that it can also be a judgment and a reflection and a criticism and a mirror to the environment we're in. If you talk about what's going on now, you can, you don't have to be overly political. You don't have to write about it. You can, you can sing about it and, and you can, you can talk to people that way. So it's, um, it's an expanded metaphor for, for the power of the power of art, basically. And as a trustee at museums in Liverpool, I, I saw what politicians do to art when, they're short of money. They just go, okay, well, let's cut everything that's not a priority. Let's cut the culture budget, uh, just when you need it most, you know. So, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm all for art, and uh, that's what the song is about. Okay, so it was. Uh, I, I was thinking. Okay, aside from how many people are going to listen to this because they're Bauhaus fans, and I, I agree, there's a great carryover of of Bauhaus and OMD fans, you know. So. Uh, but I, I, I looked at Bajas as a very practical, yes, inspiring art and very applicable, like you said, functionality and beauty, right? I, I don't know. Have mm -hmm. you been to Dresden? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, uh, Neustadt in Dresden, right? Königstrasse yes, yes. and all that, right? Very much like that. Very much that school of the beautiful architecture, but also the functionality of of that like when you go to dresden you're like can't believe this was built because it's a very futuristic looking experience mm -hmm. there in neustadt that, that you didn't have uh in other parts of germany and so some of the music took me there as well um i was Good. very impressed with, I, I used to live in germany I, I spent several years there and so i you're an international jet setter you are paris and germany and holland and wow uh, I, I went to the uh, School of Polytechnic Sciences in Montreal, studied computer science in French, you know, so yeah, I'm, <laughs> I, uh, I get around. The Renaissance man. Oh, I wouldn't, uh, the Renaissance guy, I just can't sit still. <laughs> it's called ADHD, so. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. So, uh, Anthropocene. Mm -hmm. Okay. First of all, who was grooving on Kraftwerk when you guys wrote that one? Was it the, I mean, there was so much Kraftwerk in this one. Well, I got it. I got it. The, the, the music came from Paul's computer. Okay. Uh, he sent me that piece of music. And I, I'd been trying to write a song called Anthropocene for some years. I had the text to speak stuff, the, okay. the, the male and the female computer yeah, vocals. Yeah. Um, when he sent me the music, I, I welded my stuff onto his. It's very, very electronic. Um, oh yeah. I can I, I I built the melody out of Paul's string sound. And for those who don't know, again, Anthropocene is the, the current geological epoch. The Homo sapiens have decided that we're narcissistic enough and we have enough hubris to now name a geological era after ourselves. And um and probably, you know, in, in five fifty million years time when we're no longer here as evolution teaches us we probably won't be we may have evolved into something else but homo sapiens won't be here if there's another sentient being on the planet they may look at the geology and they go that's where the homo sapiens were look that's the anthropocene layer that's where the, that's the, the plastic layer. and the carbon and the nuclear and the concrete and that's the anthropocene era so that's what the song is about so it's us in as a geological era Right, because so, you were talking, okay. It's the one, usual shit I write about, you know? Well, but, you know, 100 <laughs> years ago, global population was this. 1,000 years ago, mm. global, you know. 
and it, it felt pretty nihilistic, but I understood what you were getting at with that, even though... One million years after zero, now, global human population will, will be, be zero. zero. But I, I'm like, you give us a million years, man. I, I give us 200. No, no, best. I don't. <laughs> well, you know what? I, mean, I thought we were doing pretty well until Putin started the war with Ukraine. I didn't think I'd see armed warfare in Europe again in my lifetime. So... Lord knows he's just mad enough to press the red button, which I thought, which I used to think in the seventies and eighties was going to happen. Right, because you grew up there in England with American missiles in your backyard for that whole Cold War right, business. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Well, and and your neighbors uh, Holly and Paul, they wrote that song about it. That two tribes, right? That uh... mm -hmm. yeah. So um... yeah, so it was it it was. We were very focused on it uh, at the time because, you know, yeah, we, we, we were living it. We, Europe was on the front line. But to be honest, with intercontinental ballistic missiles, everybody was on the front line. Yes, you know? yeah, nobody's – there's no place you can get away from it. But that was why I was like, okay, so you have this fun, dancey song of Anthropocene, but you said you had been working on that for years. Now this is kind of coming together, and I guess – Maybe COVID was the attempt at uh, nature trying to correct itself, you know, but uh, we have. <laughs> That's a whole other story to talk about. <laughs> it is. But it, it was, it seemed pretty nihilistic at the same time, but I was like, he gives us that much time, huh? Because I, I, I would bet we're, we don't have anywhere close to that, but. I, I didn't say we were going to be extinct. It's at a million years. I just said by a million years. Oh, by a, yeah. Well, we'll any any time then, yeah. from now until then, you know. <laughs> Yeah, anytime will do, but great song. It um, Thank you. And uh, well, I, I also realized listening to this, well, again, not just this one, but just in, in general, you guys are art and philosophy geeks. So, of course, mm -hmm. that's going to spill off and do spill over into music, which makes it fun for. Yes, I took a lot of art history and I took blood. This is like totally my bag, man. Yeah, but Je Je Jeremy, well, good, because the, the bottom line is. When we decided to make music, and we weren't going to make music that anybody else was going to listen to, we just thought, well, we are going to write songs about things that we are interested in, because we are geeks. And we're not going to write, ooh, baby, I love you. Why did you go? My heart is broken. You know, we write love songs. We write you, sad you, songs. You did that but in we try to avoid the cliche. Yes. We, we, we try to, well, we try to avoid the cliches, you know? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we, we, we write songs about airplanes that drop atom bombs and oil refineries and politics and saints. I mean, you know, there's a song on this album called Kleptocracy, where I ain't mixing, mincing my words around with who I'm pointing my finger at, you know? Actually, so, just, just yeah. fire that off. Talk about Kleptocracy because i i that was on the list go ahead and talk about that one and i'm gonna move over into verushka but talk about kleptocracy for a second then well i wanted to write a song i mean basically i do believe that democracy is the best way to try to uh, work together um the sad thing is that we seem to live in a post-fact world where that our democracy has been stolen by liars and narcissists. So, you know, dirty slogans on the red bus door, the narcissist stole the exit is Boris Johnson and his Brexit, which was all about him and nothing to do about UK and Europe. Um, there's Putin in there, there's Donald Trump, there's Saudi Arabia, all these people three years ago who were pissing me off. And you'd have hoped by now, but maybe they wouldn't be. But guess what? They're still pissing me off because they won't around. fuck off. Yeah. They won't fuck off, you know? And um, so, yeah, you know, and the Kremlin and the KGB under golden bed disinfected got the gossip on the GOP and the candidate they selected. 
we all know what Mr. Trump got up to with the hookers on the bed in Moscow. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's why he won't criticize Putin, because Putin's got stuff Putin's on him. Putin's got you know? the video. Putin could release yeah. the video, man. Not that I yeah, had so... any interest in seeing anything like that, but it would... Oh, God, no. It would be the end no, of the so, world for him. So, but... yeah, so... so kleptocracy is one of my more i didn't name names but i'm pretty explicit the, the only name i named was uh khashoggi khashoggi's body got dissected okay so i mean you, know, you walk into the embassy and you come out in a few bags a few days later you know yeah that's uh and and that's politics and that's how people do do deals today it's it's horrible so well this, this is the thing is you know, when it happened, everybody went, oh, Saudi Arabia, shocking, shocking, terrible, horrible, horrible, horrible. And then six months later, though, anyway, how many airplanes do you want to buy for us? Right. Yeah. And only because, well, if, if Putin hadn't money done that, talks. Would, yeah, money talks. We're all money we're talks all and moral, on... morals walk. Yeah. Back to, well, who's going to buy the most weapons? Because that's this that's the situation we're in now. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, um, Verushka. Mm -hmm. uh i had a very early underworld opening i don't know if you're an underworld fan love them mm -hmm. and that just yeah, felt yeah, yeah. so good that was oh this feels great you know and then it and then it kicked up into just this uh you know if you never learn to cry how will you ever uh you know how will you ever say goodbye uh if you're afraid to die how will you ever learn to fly right is that like Okay, that, that's what I get is that this one is about facing challenges, making something meaningful in your life. Um, I got a lot of beauty in this record, and it put me in a headspace to look at things differently because of a, of a certain phase I'm in in my life, this very moment today. Okay. I had to, over the last week, because of some changes that are going on in my life, I had to really step out and go, okay, am I going to make these changes in my life am i going to take these steps because i i need to do something meaningful right i felt like that uh but it was also put in front of me to do that and, and it, it became very difficult with a lot of choices going on and this song really kind of just said well how are you going to handle this right why would you do this is it going to be worth doing it or not you know and that was something that this i felt from this song but that was probably the heaviest for me on this record uh, oh, just because okay. just because where it okay. hit me at this point in my life but can you talk about it as, it, yeah it, it resonates with you right now well well great because that's what that's what a good song should do it should speak to you of your own circumstances but it but in a voice that maybe you hadn't heard or expected to hear but it, it throws light on your own circumstances it was um the music was given to me by paul he just had these chords i had the chords sitting in my computer for some time i got the chorus out of a sense of yeah the words just literally came to me and i don't know where they came to me but i think probably because um i have seen people around me need help need to make decisions i have needed help and needed to make some serious decisions so it's it's about it's about summoning the courage to make the difficult decisions and and because if you can't you'll be stuck where you are and you're obviously unhappy with where you are because you're reflecting on why you're unhappy so those were the words then I couldn't get a verse, and I just Googled the word Verushka because Paul, 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 the working title of the chords Paul gave me were Verushka. And um, 
I came up with this film noir with a German model in it. And I went, film noir, hallelujah. I will just sing lyrics about dark things in film noir. And then the chorus will be the the way out, the light out of the, tunnel, <laughs> the dark tunnel. So it's, uh, yeah, it all came together. So you always spent a lot of time in Germany or the German headspace, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. So uh, do you and Paul just like, it, I, I take it, it, it wasn't OMD had broken up, but OMD was... I'm bored. I got a bunch of things banging around in my head. Here, help me out, Paul. Was that how this kind of was for, for this new OMD well, project? Two two things happened in the last uh, three years. Um, I went looking into my computer for anything I had and begging Paul to send me anything I had mm -hmm. because I was sitting in this room bored out of my brains thinking, I just need to create. I need to create to stop myself going crazy. The same time, Paul moved house four times he just recently got married and at the age of 61 he became a dad again now i don't know which one of us was doing the crazy stuff or having more fun but um yeah i i was sat in this room begging him for stuff to so that i could make music and he was busy doing other things <laughs> And so he's like, here, take this, leave me alone, Andy. I've got to. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, he, 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 would, he would just dangle any kind of, here, look, I got this. Here, with, with this shit, do with this, shut you up. Just look, make, make, a, make a tune out of this piece of crap. And uh, so I did. Oh, wow. Jeez. <laughs> I think I'd really get along with Paul. I think he and I, so does. Um... Uh, okay. uh listen if you if i'll give you i'll give you his number if you want to go and sit in his pool in his villa in france and look after the baby for him maybe he'll come on tour more often does he speak <laughs> french and german because i do i could do you know I, um... he's english living in europe does he fuck speak any foreign languages well i <laughs> okay but you see i'm american where you know it, it, to, to the in, it, to, the american playbook is to say i speak a different language you can probably say how much is that potato salad cost and get it and, mm -hmm. and the thing you know like that, that's how most Americans would say they speak. No, I've lived there. I speak these languages. I've hung out like, you know, in, in, in Germany, they don't think I'm American. They think I'm Dutch because I have a terrible Dutch accent when I speak German, you know. And <laughs> so, um, okay. Aphrodite's favorite child. Yes. Okay, loved. Absolutely. Uh, but that was, again, I, I felt like that was along with Anthropocene, along the same vine, right? The vein of thought there. Uh, uh, do you guys speak any German or where, where did that, that, where did the German influence come from? I guess from, uh, Paul Kraftwerk, yeah. Kraftwerk I, and, um, and, and Claudia and all that over the years. Right. But yeah, um, I, 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 I did actually do learn German at school until I was 16. Okay, so you at least have a lot of words and concepts I, there. I, I, yeah, I can, I can speak pigeon German when I'm on stage. If I and when on stage, you can say vielen Dank and all. Yeah, right. yeah, danke schön. Um, because so you're Aphrodite. going. So okay, generation after birth, death, conception, maturation, reproduction. Uh, oh, 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 hang on a minute, hang on a minute. Hang on. Yeah, you, you, you're, you're, you're talking about evolution of species now, not Aphrodite's Oh, okay. Child. All right. So go on with Aphrodite. Okay. <laughs> No, Go on. I can talk shit about anything. Um, Aphrodite's Favourite Child was written 10 years ago as a love song to somebody that I was passionately in love with. And 
I finally asked her permission to put it on the album and she said yes. I promise I would never say who it is, but um, it was a song that actually my my Greek friends, George and Nick, um, sent me that piece of music and I just said, can I have that and write some lyrics on it? And so I did. Maybe that's why it's got the Greek reference to Aphrodite. I don't know. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, Evolution of Species. Again, it's my geek head on. I wanted to write something about evolution and I could not think of anything to sing, so it's back to the text-to-speak vocals on it. But a guy called um, Uwe Schmidt, who was one day he's Senior Coconut, and the next day he's Atom TM doing glitchy music. But I asked him to do kind of a, a, a remix for us of it, and that that sounded great. He made, he made it work for me. So extinction of one species creates another opportunity for another. Right. I That's right. There we go. Um, there you go. There's Darwin for you in a nutshell. Uh, that is, yeah. So um, it's going to really piss off the creationists, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> well. Okay, I I was raised actually very religious, and I was big on creationism and all that. I was, I was but you've escaped. Yes, I was actually that hardcore Mormon guy, you know, and I spent a oh, lot really? of time in Mormonism. Yeah, and then just oh uh my God. yeah no for real and then the last several years that was what took but me then, to then, the then you fucked the frog and you escaped yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> you saw it you saw it didn't you yes you saw oh it. Okay. yeah i love that i love that musical yeah that okay so you oh my gosh there was more actual church history in that musical than anybody will tell mm -hmm. you at a mormon church you know so that was Oh, they did their research on that. Oh, it was hilarious. Yeah. So um, let's see the song. Okay. Look at you now. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, wonderful song, right? And uh, that, that was, let's see, when the energy is gone, the power in your hand, that, that one had a very, I'm very proud of you vibe mm -hmm. to it right mm -hmm. uh can you talk about that like like look at you now like you made it you've yeah. done it right Just give me mm -hmm. great stuff. one of the thank you one of one of the things that i think also came to mind during the dark days of covid was that i would imagine it was the same way you were People came together as communities. There was WhatsApp groups. There was people saying, i got to go and see my nan, make sure she's got her shopping in. I'm going to take care of my neighbors. There was a sense of community and love and empathy, which you hadn't seen, obviously, prior to COVID. It kind of, it all, it brought out the best in people as well as also being a very difficult time. And I think that that song is kind of reflecting the kind of like cheerleading of people. You know, the, there are a few songs on this album where they're kind of like musical hugs. They're like, I love you. You've done great. I believe in you. Stick at it. Come on now. I, you can, you can keep doing this. They are, they are essentially kind of musical self-help manuals. <laughs> so, cause that that was kind of like going from Anthropocene to this, right? Like, yeah, we're we're all gonna kill ourselves off because we're overdeveloping and we're being shitheads and all that. Mm -hmm. But then look at this. You you mm -hmm. did something really wonderful. Mm -hmm. You know the reality of the world is we we always talk about the world as being crap and you know it, it's not very good and this is a problem. The reality is that 
despite there being 8 billion people here on this planet, unfortunately, it's going to start going down this century. I won't see it go down, but it's, start to, it's going to start to go down. This. The world is actually generally a better place for human beings than it has been for most of our history, because we are generally taking better care of it. There's generally better medicine. There's generally better housing. There's generally better food. But there's still places where it's not right. There's still places you can look at that needs to be fixed. But, you know, the world is a better place than it used to be for most people. And I think it's it's right to recognize the gains that we have and, and that the, 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 the love of people have for each other and the empathy and the care is amazing. But yeah, there's still problems we need to address. So I guess this album is addressing the good and the bad. Okay. Well, um, where we started, right? Okay, first of mm -hmm. all, where we started was the most old school OMD song. That, that mm -hmm. like that was that mm -hmm. was one that if I didn't know where I would have said, okay, that's that's OMD straight, you know. Mm -hmm. out of the out of the the, the and the there's OMD nothing song. wrong with that oh yeah it was, it was great <laughs> i was like okay this is one that people would hear and, and it's familiar and it was it was good um uh had that forever live and die kind of vibe to it um oh okay when you're feeling all alone and no one's home broken hearted let's return to where we started okay and then again you're you're i, I think the idea going back to the baja staircase inspiring when you said take the higher ground raise yourself and turn the world round right you're really trying to just plant this into people find mm -hmm. good right i mean this is such mm -hmm. an uplift there were some nihilistic gut-wrenching ideas but then there's some <laughs> very hey there is still hope right and uh, again i can say this this took me to a lot of extremes on this journey but i felt like it was a a journey and that all this was connected. You you said it, but I, I found a concept album out of this. But um... okay, well, where we started is 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 a, a another song that was written specifically for somebody that I love, and it was a it was me holding out my hand, saying, you know, I know you've been through some hard times, but I'm here for you, and I love you, and never forget that you know just remember where we came from let's go back to where we started and it was again i i promised i would never mention any names but it was a it was, i'm not asking it was a, i'm not asking it was it was it was it was a song for somebody that i dearly dearly love and care about and it was just me kind of cheerleading them through a difficult patch wow so you, you sound like a, a good friend to have in your court man if if you because you if you're writing songs like, so. you're cheering everybody on man you're I, hope so. I, I, I care about people you know i yeah. really do care about people and that that's what makes the world go around though is you know there's a lot of us on this planet we have to care about each other otherwise it makes life pretty difficult so um you just kind of finished a short tour right this just recently and i've, I've been I've doing been, summer festivals right and i've been watching bootlegs of them and they are fun and you, I mean, you're up there grabbing bass guitar and, and you're, I'm like, man, you guys are, I mean, your, your, your live sets have been really good that I've been watching. And back in the old days to get Thank a good you. bootleg, you had to wait till somebody had recorded it and then they get it pressed or you're lucky to get a tape of it right now. Somebody walks in with a phone and these are great shows. Mm. Um, how mm. is it like, you've got this record and I don't know if you've practiced or gotten ready to, to ramp up playing it, but I think to be on stage playing what you've been playing 
Do you want to play these? I think that if you were to play the, some of these into the set, would turn that set over the just over the top. I was, I just think it would be a lot of fun to hear these. Lines. Well, I hope so. I hope so because that's uh, you know we are going to be playing um, probably no more than five of these songs in the new set. You know, we cannot kind of expect people to sit there and listen to an hour of new music and they'll be going, when are they going to play the hits? I like the hits. Uh, right. So we have to like that balance, but we have been fortunate. I think that I think because we've taken the time and the care to make some of our new songs sound as good as the catalog, when we slide in a new song, um, people don't, you know, pe people lap it up. They enjoy it. They'd, it fits seamlessly with the old material. And, you know, it's not like when you play a new song, half the audience goes to the bathroom, which is always a good sign that they don't. So yeah. I think that when we, when we tour with this album next year, um, I think that they'll fit together just nicely. Because I, I mean, I, I enjoyed listening and I was like, wow, this would fit really good in between here. And I'm not, I'm not making suggestions. I'm not telling you how to run your book. Okay. Well, well you, 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 well, you can email me that listener. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no way. I would be, oh, geez. Like, I mean, some of these would be like, oh, this would fit so perfectly right here. And then, oh, man. Um, so uh, let me go to just some of the older stuff here. Uh, architecture and morality. Again, you're obviously an architecture and an art fan, and and you and I probably go through my art book collection, and we'd probably be geeking out for months on that. I, I'd love to see your book collection, by the way. Um, <laughs> but uh, Stone Age, right? Um, that one really kicked up because it was one of those. We're going back to the very early, like you said, Bowie, Roxy music, Velvet Underground kind of sound in there. Uh, this is the room. This is the war. This is the body I've been hoping for. This is the goal. The end of my life. Oh my God! What have I done this time? Right. Well, I mean, is, is that one too old that you uh, don't want to talk about it? Or know. could you? No, I know. I, I know exactly what I meant by those words. Oh um, please, because that, that one that one always kind of seemed out of place. It was great, but like, oh, this is it a is. different. This is a different vibe. It is. Okay. Yeah. No. The, the, the album the album kicks off quite aggressively with that. And yeah. the funny thing is is when I'm singing really aggressive, angry words, I often do it to a soft and gentle melody. Mm -hmm. I'm actually singing a love song to a really aggressive <laughs> track with loads of thrashing guitar. This was written about my girlfriend at the time, oh, and okay. she she was at university in Bristol. She was in a halls of residence, which A, was supposed to be for women only, and I had to sneak in. She said, if you go to the bathroom, A, don't let anybody see you, and B, put the seat down. <laughs> And it was damn freezing in this place. She had a single bed and she always made me sleep up against the wall. And so this is the wall as my butt was always frozen up against the oh. wall. <laughs> yeah. So it, it was it was about my then girlfriend when I was uh, 21 years old. Oh, I so I because I'm, I'm getting this like whole very anxiety we're under all the pressure mm. i'm fighting all these stress in life no i'm mm. trying to get some nookie in my girlfriend well, you know what Jeremy, this, this is the great this is the great thing about making art for lack of a better word once you've created it and you've imbued it with your vision you put it out there but it may speak to other people in a slightly different voice and they will interpret in a different way as long as they get something out of it as long as it 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 it's, it adds value to their life and it resonates with them 
then they can take it on their own journey. And I'm cool with that. Oh, well, I, I'm having a good time listening to these again, thinking, oh, this is what I think this song is about. And... Well, do you know what? Let's not let's not reinterpret any of my lyrics. Then. Let you you have oh, your no, vision these, of them and no, I won't they, tell they, you what I was thinking. But that was that was great. I'm like, I kind of remember that, you know, sneaking over to a girl's house. Hey, let's go. You know, I mean, no dorm rooms are in. Well, actually, yeah, there was one of those too. actually come to think of it at a Mormon <laughs> university. Oh, you secret. Oh, Mormon. my word. Yes. Oh, you were going to get struck down by God there. Oh, you? you got no, you have no idea, man. That was, um, oh, that was, whew. so, um, let's see, uh, a, a buddy of mine. So I, I have a friend here in Salt Lake. He said he's the biggest OMD fan I know. And he, and I sat in my Can car. Can I just say something to you? Can I just say something to you? Yeah. Some of the best gigs we ever play in the States and, and some of the largest numbers we ever play to are in Salt Lake City. The Mormons love us. I don't know what it is about English synth music, but we do amazing concerts in, in, in that city. Well, sorry to interrupt you, but I just no, 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 say. no. Let, let me give you a bit of history here, okay? Um, you get played, there's two radio stations here that you get played probably three or four times a day. Okay. Okay. Um, like, okay, secret, fine. I, I could, I'm not trashing on it, but compare that to the rest of your catalog is like for real guys come on pick pick the really good stuff here to play on the radio but um you guys play- right. I, I didn't write secret you can trash it to the cat to the <laughs> end of the world it's, it, it's you guys get played here all the time but when i was growing up here when i moved here to go to high school uh, all the church dances we went to always played omd songs okay, okay there you go. so we at every church dance we would hear um that was one that was always getting played that one was up there with uh depeche mode somebody right you know we always just these were the standards that were always getting and so that's why you probably have such a footprint here in salt lake mm-hmm. uh, well, maybe that maybe they thought english guys playing synthesizers were more kind of clean cut and clean living and not those like debauched rock and roll guys with long hair and like you know, wanted to run off with your daughter. Maybe that's why the, the Mormons liked us more. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, um, well, you were all clean cut, clean cut, well yeah. dressed, you know, but you also weren't very openly saying, let's go shag in the back seat of the car, I guess. So we... exactly. So maybe the Mormons thought we were the, the lesser of the evils. But uh, so <laughs> my, my, my buddy Drake, he said he actually at one of your shows here gave you a China crisis single that the B-side wasn't available anywhere else. And he gave you guys the vinyl copy of that. He said, this is back like 30 plus years ago. I remember that happening. Yeah. Oh my God. He says hi, by yeah. the way. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, well, don't ask me to remember his name or what his address was, but I, I do actually have a memory of that. <laughs> so he and I, we, we listened to this together in the car and he was like, okay. Like he loved it. Um, Jem is his fave, right? He was like, this is. Oh yeah. Yeah. And uh, but uh, let's see what said you were leaving. Body is departed, but lips. Uh, the hour is yours, but you're still here. Your beauty is disturbing, but I love your fear. I, I'm kind of wondering, is this person like leaving, not leaving? I, I'm having a good time with this yeah, song. Both. But... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, it's about somebody. It's about somebody that I adore. Um and uh and yeah confusing you know yeah your your word said you were leaving but you're 
heart said no, your body was departing, but your lips said no. Yeah, it was like backwards and forwards and forwards and backwards. She she loves that I wrote a song about her, but she's like, but I really wish you hadn't, you know, written like, you know, um, well, not not your beauty is disturbing, but um, you know, it's just, there's, there's some lyrics in there that she's like, I wish you could drop that lyric out, but um, yeah, I do write personal songs. Very. I do. I do. Jeez, I do, I do write personal songs. You're you're telling these stories behind these. But songs. it's somebody wow. else. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't say who GEM is about either. But um, it's oh GEM. Uh, I call. Secret. I just Jim. I just say Jim. But well, no, the, the, they're, they are. It is in capitals, and there are dots between them. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so um, yeah. What well, was so was this a lot of fun to record this record? I guess you were doing it split, right? You're there in 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 England, yeah. and Andy or, or Paul's down in France. Uh, how yeah. was that to do? like that uh mm -hmm. because it was just... it was the way we had to be it was the way we had to be this time because um because of covid you know paul lives in france i live up here we, we didn't get a chance to do much traveling together to, to work on it. and as i say paul um he's most things stay in my yeah he's, he's a busy guy most things stay in my computer because i am the workaholic i am the control freak i I will work on it on a daily basis, whereas Paul will leave it to kind of stagnate for a few weeks whilst he goes to change diapers and goes on holiday with the family. So, and that's not a criticism of him. He's just, you know, he's he's got something outside of OMD. I don't have much, but um, he, the, the music stays in my computer because I will work it and sculpt it and work on it. When it's finished in this room, then it goes to France because Paul has the studio and Paul is a much better mixer than I'm. He's much more objective. I, I have no idea how to mix. You just write and record and then, okay. Yeah. Because... Well, my thing is if I, if I've written everything from the bass drum to the lead vocal, I want everything to be as loud as everything else. So my way of mixing is just keep pushing the faders up till you get to, you know, till you get past 10. <laughs> so it would sound like when Iggy and Lou kind of got in the studio and, did did what they did where um it was chaos it was wonderful but it was chaos right yeah, so yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah two, two of me would not be very good together okay and uh well i see the two guitars behind you there and uh i'm like wow yeah i know they, they they shouldn't be there they belong to my son um i'm, I'm a bass player he he actually does I actually know that he um i think he they belong to him but actually it's it's uh it's his cousin that plays them so and they just leave me what, what you don't what you don't see in here is the uh six bass guitars well my mine is just out of frame right there my bass guitar is just out of frame so oh yeah there's yeah. there's bass guitars over there oh wow and there's Ooh. bass guitars over there and here so yeah four, four of them are my sons and two of them are mine okay yeah, I, I picked up bass because I wanted to be Peter Hook when I was 14. Uh, well, my son picked up bass because he wanted to be Peter Hook as well, but nothing to do with me. Yeah, but <laughs> but, but Peter Hook has like thousands of copycats out there where like if I, I am a sub mediocre bassist, right? Like, so if, am I. So am I. I've, I've been bluffing it if, for 40 odd years. If, if it's a New Order Joy Division song, I could play it, right? anything else oh shit like killing joke or and i'm like um oh gee how do you do that right but if it's peter hook man i got that down you know yeah but i mean hook hookie's bass lines particularly in joy division hookie's bass lines were just 
He's you a know. god. He's amazing. It, yeah, they, they 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 were so they were so much. They were the musical bedrock. I mean, it was it was the drums and the bass with Curtis's vocals on top, and then for the most part, the guitar was kind of like pushed away to one side or the other, or would come forward to just play a couple of melodies and mm-hmm. then go away. So Martin, I mean, I believe that when Joy Division heard their first album mix, they were very unhappy because they were more rocky with more guitar, and Martin sure. and Hannah had kind of like crushed the guitar out into the corners, and it was just the drums and the bass line and the vocals. But then when you hear the live of those days, they, they, they really amped up a lot more of the guitar work in those days on the on the bootleg. Listen, record. listen, yeah. uh, can I just say something? As bass yeah, players, go ahead. Yeah. guitarists are fucking pain in the ass, aren't they? You know, it's, a, it's all about me, 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 me. Let me play really loud in my solo and that, let me play really loud in your vocals. And let me, you know, it's just like, stop fucking shredding. Turn your volume down. I'm singing now. If you don't shut up, I'll unplug you, you fucker. Did you see the movie Almost Famous? <laughs> Did you see the movie Almost Famous? Yes. Remember when they were like, wait, no, I'm supposed, you're supposed to be the mysterious guitar player in the back, and there you are. You're the one in focus, and we're all blurred on the t shirt. No. Remember that? No, it was, no. Yeah. G- g- guitar players all want to be at the front. They hate the lead singer because they think it should be about them. Well, but then, but then in, in New up. Order, there was the dynamic because Hokey had this crazy stage presence. You've seen him live, obviously, you know, where Hokey obviously. was just, just this crazy out there, charismatic. I'm riding this guitar like it's a Harley kind of thing, you know, mm-hmm. just to watch Hokey like that was great. He, but then to go, oh, that's how he makes those sounds, you know, and um, I, I remember like the first time I met him, I was all freaked out. I was a, 15 year old fanboy and he was like dude you're embarrassing me called them like you're just my idol he's like oh right well yeah and he was very gracious he signed my stuff just to get me to shut up but um he was always he's always been very gracious but yeah mm-hmm. if, if if they if he ever broke his hand and they needed to stand in i could do it you know but he was so how does he not break his hand? How does he play his bass strong that low and get his wrist underneath it and still be able to play those notes? I, I feel like I'm breaking my wrist if my bass was that low. Yeah, because you know? he plays with his pinky. Like, no bassist plays with his pinky. Hooky does. He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I do. I don't <laughs> I don't use these two fingers. I just use those two. So, un- unconventional bass playing. Um, well, self-taught, you know, English self-taught bass players. So did you ever see Joy Division ever in their day? Or was oh, that just... fuck's sake. Did we? We were signed to Factory Records. We yeah. played gigs with Joy Division all the time in 78 and 79. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Oh, whoa. You are... I remembered you were signed, but I didn't see any of the... Oh, my gosh. That yeah, was... no, we, 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 we did play with them. Um, it was always funny, actually, because whenever, whenever we turned up to a gig and they said, hey, do you guys want a headline tonight? And we go, no. Because the fire breather's on stage, isn't he? Before the final acts, we're not going on stage when it's soaked in paraffin and there's been flames everywhere. No, we're not being a headliner. But you know what? The, th- the amazing thing about those guys was they were really nice. They were really quiet, but apart from hooky. And um, they just, and yet they made this noise that was like their own sound. That you know, and with the help of Martin Hannett, they created their own incredible dark soundscape. That. Um, and yet when you met them, you know, it was just like, you know, smoking fags, drinking a beer, talking about girls and football, you know, just average guys. But they made this amazing sound. Well, you see, what I thought was the funniest was Ian has this image of being this dark, intense, whatever, you know, and 
it was like oh no he was just a funny goofy guy with a sense of humor and he was you know just he was just as funny as the rest of us you know yeah but but the no, I mean, image that was you, the image that was created about him was yeah listen when you when you live in your daily life with ordinary people, if you are going to be a tortured artist 24-7, you're going to be a total freaking pain in everyone's ass. Nobody's going to want you. So, you know, you might make dark art. That might be reflecting the soul inside you. But when you're out with your mates and family and friends, if you're going to be like that, they just want to say, go back and climb into your coffin and fuck off. We don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I could say that because I have hung out with Bauhaus, Peter Murphy, and <laughs> oh my gosh, like they are the, the goofiest, nicest, friendliest guy, whatever, right? God, they, they hate their fans. The Bauhaus fans are annoying, you know, and they, you know. <laughs> but no, you're not allowed to say that. No, they love their fans. But yeah, it, it, when they're on stage, they're putting on a certain persona. They're projecting a certain vibe that they want you to connect with but mm -hmm. they don't have to live that darkness 24 7 so i i met a guy oh geez gosh 25 years ago he was in a, another band he said he actually was uh, i believe they were called the models didn't they tour with you once yeah the yeah, they yeah. Did. yes that's absolutely right and yeah. he said way back uh, in the 80s yeah. yeah he he was uh said, yeah i was in the models it's like wait i and he, he, i remember i think it was he said he was in the models but he said yeah omd they took us on the road they showed us the ropes. Andy, I said, those guys were the nicest, most just, and he, he couldn't say enough awesome about you, but I was pretty sure it was the models that he said it was, but he was like, well, they, they did, they did support us. Well, do you know that that's nice to hear because I'll tell you something. When we first went on a British UK tour, we supported Gary Newman in 1979, just after mm -hmm. he'd had a couple of hits. We'd been going longer than he'd been Gary Newman and the Tube Bay Army, but he had these two number one hits with our friends, Electric and Cars. And he asked us to come with him on tour. And we were like, we'd love to, but we've got no money. And he said, well, you can come in my coach. You can, you, I'll put your equipment in my truck and uh, my crew will look after you and we will feed you in our catering. And I, so that was the example that we were given when we were kids. And so we're just giving it back, you know, karma. What goes around comes around. Because, okay. Well, because I've actually met Gary several times. Wonderful guy. You know, absolutely fabulous guy. Uh, his his wife is a kick. Now that woman's funny. That if you oh. met Gemma, okay. Oh, listen, <laughs> I got I got stories I could tell you about Gemma. Boy, has she got a potty mouth, but she's funny. Yeah, <laughs> she is so funny. Okay, I was so like I I have I behind that Norwegian flag I have about three thousand pieces of vinyl. You're on plenty of them. You know, I got lots of you. In Thank there. you, darling. Thank uh, you. But uh, I was talking to Gemma, and I was I was backstage. I had just been shooting Gary. And I had seen Gary years before and he had signed my, you know, my stack. Like it was, you know, mm -hmm. that thick. And I was sitting there with Gemma and I was like, we were having the, I'm more awesome because my Gary Newman collection is bigger than yours kind of conversation. Right. And I was like, yeah, but I got things you don't. She's like, oh yeah, let's hear it. Cause I've got it all, you know? And, and I was like, I got this two boy army, seven inches. She's like, which ones? And I'm like, I've got him, got him, got him. Like, yeah. Okay. You know, signed. Great. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, she's like, ooh, I've only, I see, I, you know, yeah, yeah, I got that. That was hard to get. And I said, and I got new anger, American print, vinyl only. American print. And she says, fuck me. <laughs> Just like that. She, and she said, what happened? Where is it? I said, well, it's signed. Gary signed it. And Gary said, 
I don't remember it, but I, I do know that existed. If I signed it, that's worth a fortune. I said, it is. She's like, fuck me. <laughs> Gemma was like, that's, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. just because, yeah, you said she's got a, she's got a mouth on her. She let the, oh, she's a charmer. She's uh, wonderful. Yeah, you know? no, she, she's great fun. Really funny. Yeah. So who, who was the most fun you've toured with? I mean, that, that guy in the models, he said you guys were not just very accommodating, but you were like showing him the ropes and like, you know, like somebody had stage fright and you were like, I'm going to drop kick you out there. You're going to put on a great show. And then you came mm -hmm. off stage and was like, my God, that was the best we ever did kind of thing. Right. So like, again, the guy in the models, he could not talk enough good about. Oh, that's well, thank you for sharing that. With but me. who, who was the most fun you guys had toured with? It was just like a great. Oh boy. We we've, we've had, uh, I mean, we we've had some very enjoyable tours. Um, yeah, obviously some of them with bands that who unfortunately didn't really make it you know that you wouldn't you wouldn't have heard about but uh the guys from crowded house were lovely we we they supported us just before they became successful in australia okay and um obviously a lot we love seeing howard jones we do a lot of festivals and things with howard jones and obviously we do we did the the bare naked ladies tour with howard jones because he supported us back in 1983 just before he became uh successful well, howard is a god and in utah Howard could play a yep. show here in a stadium and fill it. Right. So mm -hmm. like, like there, there are three bands that are like, like, okay, Howard, Depeche Mode and OMD, every new wave station, every school. Dance, I rest every my case. You nice, guys. clean cut English synth boys. You know, Howard, we won't take drugs here. and we yes. won't fuck your daughter, you know? <laughs> so, but, um, but yeah, so I that's interesting that you're saying that some of the like the crowds here have been very receptive, very noisy. Well, yeah, because we all mm -hmm. grew up listening to you. And, and well, there you go, then. But well, I, hopefully, you'll be listening to us next year when we come through town. I, I'll, I'll be there, yeah. But I, I would no, say well, so, I'll be there as well, <laughs> yeah. You will, but so, but watching you perform live, right? Uh -huh, how do you yeah. manage, like, because by the end of the night. I'm like, that guy has got to be dead. Does he walk off stage and collapse? Because you're just all over the... I mean, you're, okay, 6'1", and you're waving your arms around. You're having the best time. Sometimes I think he's having more fun up there on stage getting that <laughs> concert high than yeah, we exactly are. That's exactly what it is. And we're having a good time. I mean, mm -hmm. we love, you know, I mean, I... But you're up there. I'm like, I don't think he's yeah. drunk. He's just high. He's having that good I... concert high. I say to people that I go into a shamanistic trance. That's my excuse for the way I perform. Um, I find that I, if I if I don't come off stage absolutely wrung out, I don't feel like I've done a proper performance. If I dance the way I dance, then it gives everybody else carte blanche to dance the way they want to dance, and they can't look worse than me. And I'm just trying to imbue my energy into the audience. As, as Paul likes to say, I've spent 45 years overcompensating for his static performance. But um, Well, he's the introvert, right? Yeah, he is. I mean, he he's the frightened little bunny. I mean, it's taken us years to get him out from behind his keyboards to sing "Forever Live and Die," but he will do it now. But it's um, no. I mean, he he's he's wonderful, and uh, and but he 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 doesn't dance like. But but you know what? I if I dance like me and play keyboards, there every note would be the wrong one. So uh, I need some <laughs> I need somebody else on stage who can play properly. Uh, but yeah, no, it's. Um, Listen, it, get, it keeps me fit, and I have to get fit to do it. You know, no, nothing else on this planet uh, prepares me for do, what I do to myself on stage. Even though I go to the gym and I go cycling and go swimming. Well, like, yeah, I, I watch you on stage, and you're just like, 
you marion gold right you've seen marion live you know you, mm -hmm. you you have a very much a similar ah oh, i gotta be down there and in your face and interacting and having a great time <laughs> you know i love that i i i just think but it's exhausting and i think he probably is gonna pass yeah. out as soon as he walks off stage you know what the best feeling in the world for me is the half hour to an hour after I come off stage because I'm full of endorphins, adrenaline high, buzzing off the audience response, physically exhausted. I have, I have exercised every demon in my body and my mind, and at least for half an hour or an hour, they don't start creeping back in. So the, okay. the, it, it's, 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 it's a wonderful exorcism of demons to be on stage. Cause you, I mean, you give us everything and you feed off it. And I'm like, that's oh, yeah. his drug, man. That's Andy's drug. And I, I mean, even now you're, you say you're 61 and you're going to be taking the road because you need that drug, man. That's your, the stage is, is your high, man. And I, exactly. I, I, I enjoy watching some of those. But I also like, have you ever seen Patty Smith live? No, I have not. Because she's very much like that. You and Marion Gold and Patty Smith, where you're Just in there feeding on. off the audience. And mm -hmm. the more that they give, the higher you get. The more you're like, oh, I'm all oh, over it, the place. It, it, it becomes a cycle of energy. Yeah, you pour it out, it comes back at you. You pour it back out again. It just it just grows. So, I mean, your your live shows are a lot of fun here. Um, let me let me get back to well, thank uh, you. the punishment of luxury. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see. Our punishment is in the air for you to see. Getting worse every day. Uh, think you're right. Think you're free, but you're living in your purgatory. It's all about materialism. I know it's kind of a downer mm -hmm. after we've just talked about how fun your life just are, but uh, yeah. That's a very dancing song, but also very social commentary. The, 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 mm -hmm. uh, can I please have my check, sir? You don't know how to make the pain just go away. I mean, that, that, that was probably one of the heaviest songs. Again, mm -hmm. you're very positive, upbeat, but then this is like one of those that makes you think, and it's kind of calling us all out. Um. The title came from a painting which I grew up knowing in the in the local Walker Art Gallery in Liverpool, The Punishment of Luxury. I appropriated the title because, I, quite frankly and honestly, that's a misogynist painting. It's about bad wives who are in floating in purgatory. That's where that line comes from, because it's it's a Victorian era, eighteenth nineteenth century painting, painted by a guy who had issues with women, and he thought that women sounds should. like there an was asshole, only two places yeah. for a woman. Yeah. Yeah, he, there was only there was only two places for a woman in the kitchen or in the bedroom. You know, it's like be a mother or or, or or be a wife and don't be anything else. And if you want any more out of life, then you're being a bad mother and you'll be floating in purgatory for eternity. I appropriated it to be. The Victorians changed the title. It was called The Punishment of Lust, but they changed it to Punishment of Luxury. So I, I use that to be a, a, yeah. basically everything we think we know we want. That idea has been put in our heads by a commercial or an advert or a, or a marketing man. Mm -hmm. um, we all we all are encouraged to buy the newest one, the biggest one, the fastest one, the sexiest one, uh, because what you have is just not good enough. You cannot love yourself if you don't have this new product. The, the newest phone, the newest car, the newest. Yeah. 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 Your, yeah. your, your wife is a trophy with silicone breasts and all that shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. So, so. I mean, you know, it, that's just my way of, of, of saying this. And I mean, I do, you know, I mean, my car is 13 years old. It's done 210,000 miles. You know, I did until recently have an iPhone 6, which I had to stop using just because it was incapable of, you, of, of downloading the modern apps that you need to have to live life. I couldn't even park my freaking car because my phone wouldn't register the QI code, the QR code. You know, it was like... All right, I'll go get the new one out of necessity, right? Not out of yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. So desire. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the the just the the image of I have to look right. I have to, you know. Um, I mean, you, you, I don't know if you're a shriek back. Fan, but you remember Carl Marsh did that song "Fabulous," which was about mm-hmm. uh, totally materialism, right? Buy this, mm-hmm. wear this, you know. If you uh, get fabulous, step right up and take it. If you can't afford it, fake it. You know, you have to have everything that's so new and rich and mm-hmm. uh, the go into debt if you have to just to look right. And, um, you know, that's what your reality is. I mean, listen, we, we, you know, we, all, we all know that when we have a quiet, logical moment, but the, but, the, but then we we <laughs> we, uh, we slip back into, uh, in, into that character that's been goaded by the marketing men. Yeah, we do. I mean, I, I still like, oh, I would sure like to have that, but but what I got works, I'll hold on to that for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, but like yeah. my, my wife is like, should try to do. it's like, look, you've had those shoes for 16 years. You can retire them now. Go get another, you know, or that jacket or whatever. You know, like I, I hate mm-hmm. feeling like I've, I've wasted something and not gotten all my well, value pe- out of it. Pe- you know? People used to get things repaired. Nothing gets repaired now. It gets thrown away. It gets thrown away. Yeah, yeah. The, those jeans they ripped. Well, stitch them up. You know, you don't need to throw them out. So, but um, so uh, let's see. We are on an hour here and i've had a wonderful yeah. time this is been... well thank you very much indeed well, I, jeremy I, it's been I great would, i i think that if i was to go down the rabbit hole of starting to talk about your previous catalog we would spend another four hours and i know you don't have that kind of time we could easily do that well listen this is again I, i'm wearing my cultural hat i have to go soon because i need to go to uh, the opening of an exhibition in the museum in liverpool of which i am a trustee at the museum so uh, I well got to go i, and wear I my would say so hat. out of out of all the liverpool acts okay um I, mm. I i'm you don't sound like a scouser by the way you don't i mean okay I see, I'm I, from the other side of the river the other side of the I'm river I'm from the right. supposedly I, the, the scousers call us either plastic scousers or woolly backs. Woolly we're backs. not. We're not. Yeah. yeah. Liverpool is one of those cities that's only on one side of the river. It's like New York, New Jersey kind of thing. It's right. Like, well, so who, who's... I, 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 I live. I live about seven miles from. But you know, if you fucking want it, I can talk like that if you want, because I can go into town and make it sound like I'm fucking that side of the river. You know what? You know what I mean? Hey, that's Mac, like, how okay, you doing? Sound. Sound. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. You just put on your. You, you're a Mac from the Bunnymen. Um, the Bunnymen, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Icicle Works, right? Oh, just mm-hmm. you you guys gave us so much to love. And I I, I, I grew up on all of that. So I bless mm-hmm. Liverpool for that. Who's your club, by the way? Who's your club? Who's your football club? Liverpool, I'm a red. Okay, all right. So like I, all my Mank friends, right? You got the Manks, you got Blue Noses, and the Matthew. You yeah, know. well, well, I mean, you know, the, the the thing is, the, the weird thing is, Paul Humphreys in the band is a Manchester United supporter, so okay. you can imagine that 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 can be quite. Fra- we're we're terribly, terribly polite to each other when we're in each other's company, but you know, 
the other two members of the band are also Liverpool fans. And if we're watching Manchester United getting beaten, we are bouncing off the walls with delight, but we won't say anything to Paul. And he's the same. He's like, oh, shame about the result today. But, you know, he was watching it on his own and go, let's go, Liverpool. Yeah, you get beaten. <laughs> so, so, all right. Here was one of the best. I was at a Peter Hook and the Light show, right? And uh, do you know David Potts, uh, Hookie's guitarist? I don't know if you know him. but Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I had my Man U shirt on. I was like, hey, can oh, I get a picture you? with you? And he goes, uh, cover that up, please. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He yeah. wouldn't he wouldn't take a picture with me with the man you jersey on, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone's mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, he's a blue nose. Yeah, he's yeah, you know, yeah. so yeah, but you know, Liam Gallagher would have just knifed you. <laughs> uh, actually, wait, was that was No, that he me? wouldn't say was it. Liam or Noel? One of them was here just a couple. Uh, I think it was Noel was here. Yeah. Well, they're, bo- they're both rabid Manchester City supporters. Right. But uh, it was here with Garbage a couple of weeks ago. or co- And I was actually shooting another band that night. Otherwise, I would have gone to shoot that one. So, um, oh, yeah. Either way, I will I will wear a Liverpool jersey when you guys roll through town. How's that? Okay. I'll hold you to that. I'll be looking for it. And I'll be in front taking pictures. I hope to meet you after the gig when you guys come through. Okay. You know so, what? Let's let's make that happen, okay? Thank you very much indeed. And so wait, who what do you want me to play us out with? What song do you want me to play us out with on the record? On the record? Yeah. Uh play Kleptocracy. Go on. Okay, I will play us out with Kleptocracy. Okay, everybody. This has been Andy McCluskey from OMD. This is a legend. I've had a great conversation. I hope Andy, you have a good time at your uh art uh exposition tonight. And uh, everybody else, look for the new OMD record coming out in October. It is called Baja Staircase. And everybody, take care. Be good to each other and let music do awesome in your life.
Thank you so much, Andy, for your time and the wonderful conversation. Uh, everybody else, please go check out the new record when it comes out, Bauhaus Staircase, and uh, enjoy it. It was a wonderful, it's a wonderful piece of work. Um, everybody else, uh, for right now, I would just like to say I've been doing this show for three years. And this has been, we are now officially in the third year of it. And I've loved every minute of it, had some wonderful interviews, met some great people doing all of this. And I am going to be doing some traveling around the world for a bit. And I will not have the type of access to the internet that I normally do. So as of now, Sticky Jazz will probably be, be on hiatus for a little while. But uh, we will be back in the spring of 2024 for sure. But uh, hey, keep looking for updates. There will be pieces here and there. Everyone, thank you so much and enjoy.